0: We're going to talk today about the God who intercedes, and we're going to look at a story in the the New Testament, and this is the story of when Jesus meets a guy by the name of Zacchaeus. How would you like to name your kid Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus was a wealthy tax collector. He was wealthy, but he was not liked. Because he would show up to your business, to your house, to your church, and and he would collect taxes. And so he was kind of like the IRS. I mean, nobody wants to get a letter or a visit from the IRS, do you? I mean, that's a great, man's greatest fear is to go to the mailbox and you got a letter from the IRS. Well, Zacchaeus was a ta- tax collector, and although he was wealthy, he didn't have a lo- whole lot of friends. And in Luke chapter 19, it says that Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. He had heard about him. He, been on the Facebook page and been on the internet and researched, and he wanted to see Jesus. But the Bible says that Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. So he climbed up in a sycamore tree to see who he, the Lord, he wanted to see. And so he climbed up in a tree to see Jesus, and Jesus was walking by. And it says something really interesting in Luke chapter 19. It says when Jesus reached the spot. out of nowhere he just he stopped and he looked up and who did he see he saw Zacchaeus i've got some really good news for you today jesus is always on the move but he is always willing to stop for people that need him he stopped zacchaeus i see you up there come down we're going to have lunch And so Zacchaeus climbed down from the tree and and he went to meet Jesus. And everyone in the town started gossiping and complaining and I can't believe he's going to the house of a sinner. And Zacchaeus said, I'll sell everything and give it to the poor. And Jesus said to Zacchaeus, today salvation has come to your house because I came to seek and to save the lost. It's a a really cool story. Uh, When uh, our kids were small, uh, we tried to do Bible lessons for them uh, at least once a week. Couldn't do it every, every night with four kids. It's possible to do that every single night, but we at least try to do uh, a little Bible skit at least one time a week. And one time we did the story of Zacchaeus. It was awesome. I was the executive producer. <laughs> I had Aaron, our second son. He was going to be Zacchaeus. So we put him literally up on the kitchen counter. We didn't have a tree, so we put them up on the counter. And, and I had Amanda and Allison, they were our, our, our two girls, and I had them, they were the crowd. And so they were, their job was to wave their hands and say, Jesus has come in, and they, and they did spectacular. And then Austin, our oldest son, because he was oldest, he was going to be Jesus. So I read the story in Luke chapter 19, gave all the details, and then we just sat back, Tammy and I, to see this incredible production that I was executive director for. And it was going really, really good. The girls had their hands up in the air. Aaron was up in the tree, and he was acting really, really good and playing a good Zacchaeus part. And, like, it was going so good that that it was that moment in parenting when I looked at Tammy and she looked at me, and I had a little tear in my eye because I was like, we raising our kids right. They're, they're getting this. They're going to be theologians. They understand what we're talking about. and This is not a mistake. And the, the, this, the effort has been well worth it. And, and, and Tammy was so emotional. We just looked at each other. We had that little moment. And then this was the last part. Austin was going to come in and play Jesus. And so I'm looking at Tammy. Tammy's looking at me. We're so proud and excited. And Austin comes through the kitchen, looks up at Zacchaeus and says, Zacchaeus, get your butt down here. You're in trouble. (laughs) I didn't laugh. I was devastated. All the Bible lessons, all the training, all the... uh, Zacchaeus, get your butt down here. You're in trouble. I'm glad that uh, the real story doesn't end like that. Because we serve a God whose name is the one who intercedes for us. And the beautiful story of Zacchaeus is a great illustration of how God really does pray for us and care for us and love us. So I'm going to give you four points real quickly, and it's, it's taken out of Luke chapter 19, the, the, the story of Zacchaeus. But the first thing I want to talk about today is from this story is, number one, that God cares. God cares. The Bible says that, 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 that Jesus, he stopped at the spot and he looked up and he said, Zacchaeus, I see you. Zacchaeus, you're not just a number. Zacchaeus, your issues and the things that are keeping you up at night, they are on my heart, and I care for you. And it is good to be cared for. I think all of us want to be cared for, don't we? We want to know that someone cares for us. And the first point that I want you to take away today is that God cares for you. Can I get an Amen. 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 7 says, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. J.C. Ryle said this, wherever we may be or whatever our circumstances, the Lord Jesus sees them. We are never beyond the reach of his care. God cares for you today. I... um, I got a letter this week that kind of reminded me how valuable uh, it is to be cared for. I think all of us have a, a, a great desire to, to know that people care. And out of nowhere, I got a letter, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to read it here. It's from a, it's from a pastor in um, Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, our son had a traumatic brain injury about four years ago, and so we had to suddenly, in the middle of the night, move to Miami for for four months, and then we had to move to Atlanta for another uh, three months. And this church up in Atlanta found out of our situation. In fact, Bill Curry, the former Alabama football coach, went to this church. And my friend, uh, Todd Stansbury, who was the Georgia Tech athletic director, called Bill Curry, and within a couple of minutes, uh, they had secured a five-bedroom, three-bath house for our family in Buckhead, Georgia amazing. And out of nowhere, Bill, the pastor, just sent me just a short little note. Dear Scott, this is a short note to let you know that I've been thinking of you and your family. I hope Austin is doing well. Please let me know if there's anything I can do for you. Have a great Easter season. Grace and peace. Bill Brett. Out of nowhere, you get a letter like that, and, and it really, really touches your heart, and it warms your heart to, to know that, watch this, that people care, and God cares. And church, I would just challenge you here this morning that, that, that I don't know how long it took Bill to write this note, a minute, a couple minutes, but the impact that handwritten letters has when you send it to people to show them that you care. Now, we're in a society that that loves text messages and emails and posts on Facebook. And those are all cute and those are all nice and we, we all do them. But I want to encourage you today that maybe this week you can think of somebody who just needs to know that you care. And it will take five minutes out of your life But the ripple effect will go way beyond the investment that you put into taking a few minutes out of your day to let someone know that you care. Now, the good news is that God cares. God knows what's going on with you. God knows what's happening with your kids. God knows what's going on with your business. And you are just not a random. You're just not a number. You're just not someone up in a sycamore tree trying to see Jesus. Jesus cares for you. And whatever your need is, whatever's going on, we have a God who cares for us. Can I get an amen? Um, As you know, I I just got back from Cuba. I've been to Cuba about, about 10 times. This is probably the worst I have ever seen the conditions in Cuba. COVID really, really messed them up. Now, think about how it messed us up. Do do you guys remember COVID? Life-changing, life-altering. It messed up our economy. It messed up our psyche. It messed up our mental health. And we have good health care. And we have food. Down in Cuba, these people have nothing. And I mean nothing. Every single person in Cuba, adult, makes $20 a month. A month. Now think about how fast you and I blow through $20. In fact, just in the past 10 seconds, we we just blew through $20. And they've got to live on $20 an entire month. I asked the people when I went, went down there, I was like, how bad is it? On a scale of 1 to 10. And every single person said, this is the worst that it's ever been. They don't have medical care. People are starving. They say that Cuba is just as bad as Haiti now. And Haiti has historically been the, the, one of the worst countries in this hemisphere. And now Cuba is heading that way. And they're in dire, dire straits. The pastor took me to a, to a supermarket. And he showed me the the shelves. And I'm not kidding. All they had was canned pineapple. Now, in Cuba, you can get a pineapple for a quarter. But the government has all this canned pineapple, and it's on the shelves, and it costs $6 for a can of pineapple. So the people down there are really, really struggling. Now, as a communicator... As a pastor, when I go down to Cuba and I feel their pain and their hurt and their sorrow and their grief, what I want to do when I go down there is have a simple message. And here's the message. You ready? God cares. You're not alone. You're going to make it. Don't give up. I mean, the message is simple, but it's, It's universal. The message that the people in Cuba need to hear is the same message that we need to hear as Americans. And the message is this, Zacchaeus, I care for you. You're just not a number. I know you're disliked and and, and you're not welcomed in most homes in your community, Zacchaeus, but I am going to stop and when I look up and see you, I'm going to let you know that I care for you. And the great news that we have today as believers is that God cares for what's going on in your life. Please keep the people in Cuba in your prayers. The good news is the church is growing radically every single month. New people are coming, chairs out the lobby. It was amazing to see the impact because that's all they have is God. And I was able to be your mouthpiece and bring a message to the people of Cuba that God cares Point number two. If you're still with me, let me hear an amen. Amen. I like this one. God listens. God listens. 1 John 5, 14. This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Bob Benson says this. When life caves in, you do not need reasons, you need comfort. You, you need some answers. You need someone. Jesus does not come to us with an explanation. He comes to us with his presence. God not only cares, number two, but God listens. You know, I was thinking of this just, uh, just uh, as I was preparing our, our time together. Think of the life of Jesus and all the people that Jesus took time to listen to. The New Testament is filled with example after example after example of Jesus just listening to people. Do you know that you can help someone just by listening? And I think sometimes, me included, some of us don't do a real good job of listening. We love talking, but there's value when you take time to listen to somebody. And I've got really great news for you today. God not only cares for you, God listens to you. When you called him. So here's a list of people that that, that Jesus in the Bible, of course, Zacchaeus, he listened to Zacchaeus. The woman at the well, the woman caught in uh, adultery, Nicodemus, the crippled man, blind Bartimaeus, the man at the pool of Bethesda, tax collectors, prostitutes, religious leaders, Pharisees, children, sinners, and saints. Jesus took time to listen. And that's really, really good news. God not only cares for you, He is available to listen to what's going on in your life. You can talk to Him, and guess what? He'll talk back. He'll, he'll, he'll not only listen, but He'll talk because that's the God that we serve. He cares for us, number one. Number two, God listens. Number three, are you still with me this morning? God advocates. He advocates. What is an advocate? An advocate goes before, for instance, a judge, and he speaks on behalf of people who can't speak for themselves. And I've got really good news today. God, Jesus, is our advocate. He goes before us, and he speaks when we can't speak ourselves. He's an advocate. Look what the Bible says. It says here, uh, in 1 John chapter 2, my dear children, I write to you that you will do, that you do not sin. But if anyone does sin, by the way, is there anyone here today that's ever sinned? Yeah. But if you do sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. I love what Mark Dean says. Jesus, our advocate, can turn a prison of lost hope, fear, or regret into the place of his presence. God is our advocate. Now, I was driving to church this morning. and We live in Maitland, so it t- takes me about 30 minutes to, um, to drive to church here. And on Lee Road, I-4, Orange Blossom Trail, and Oak Ridge, I counted the number of billboards from attorneys. It's kind of odd, isn't it? I mean, they're everywhere, right? I counted 21 billboards. Now, this is an illustration, and and, and, uh, I just want to hopefully apply this. I think the attorneys in the law profession has caught on to something. They are tapping into a need. Now, I'm not saying I agree with them. I'm not saying that I like them. I mean, I'm like you. I turn on the TV, every commercial, every billboard on the radio, it's driving me crazy. But I thought about this for a minute. They have tapped into a human need, and this is what it is. People want to have somebody to stand up for them. They want to have a voice. And I don't like it, and I don't agree with it, but I think that lawyers in this city and around the country have tapped into a basic need of humanity that they realize that people want to have someone speak up for them. Now, here's some really good news. I'm not counting on John Morgan or Dan Newland to advocate for me. I want somebody who is going to go to the Father on my behalf and stand up for me when I can't stand on my own. And Jesus Christ will always be there for you, and he will be your advocate, and he won't charge you 40%. He's your advocate. He'll be your voice. He'll be the one that, that will go to represent you to the Father. And we all need someone. We all need a voice to speak for us. And the great news is that God cares for you. Number two, God listens to you. And number three, God advocates for you. He speaks on your behalf to the Father. And I like that. Can I get an amen? And then number four, Bruce, if you'll come up with a keyboard. God cares. God listens. God advocates. And here's the last point. God, Jesus, intercedes for us. He intercedes for us. I like that. Look in your Bible. Look in your notes. Romans chapter 8, verse 34. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God the Father, and he is also interceding for us. Jesus is our mouth through which we speak to the Father. He is our eye through which we see the Father. He is our right hand through which we offer ourselves to the Father. Mike Bickle said it best. Jesus' intercession for us is stronger than Satan's accusations against us. Jesus intercedes for us. Now we're gonna we're gonna close here in just a second, and I have uh, handed out and ushers have helped me. Um, everyone gets a three by five card today. Compliments of Pastor Scott. Now I want you to do something with this. And the ushers are going to come down right now. If you didn't get a 3x5 card, I want every single person to get this special gift that I'm going to give to you and then you're going to give it back to me in just a minute. But if you didn't get a 3x5 card, wave your hand and everyone's going to get a 3 by 5 card. Guys, come on down. And make sure everyone on the front row on my left, on my right, make sure everyone gets a, a card. Thank you, guys. On my right here. David, go ahead and grab a couple cards and and, and hand out to the right here. Thanks, guys. Everybody get a card. All right. Now, there's a little can uh, on the end of the aisle that has a pencil. If you don't have a pencil or a pen, we got that for you. Pass this down if you're on the end. Pass it down so everyone has a pen and a three-by-five card. All right. Now. This is what I want you to do real quick. God cares. God listens. God advocates. God intercedes for us. Now this is what I want you to do. I don't want you to put your name on it. I don't want your phone number. I don't want your email. All I want you to do is real quickly, I want you to write down, right now, the one thing that's keeping you up at night, the one thing that you worry about, the one thing that is on your mind. What are you concerned about? What's causing stress and anxiety and fear and worry? What is it that's, if it could only be eliminated, your life would be a lot better? Some of you are faced with illnesses. Some of you are faced with financial situations. Somebody here today going through a divorce. Somebody here today is facing rejection. Somebody here today that's, you're lonely. You just want friends. Could be parents from on the rock that you're afraid about how your kid is acting. I don't I don't know what it is. And I'm supposed to really have an answer because I'm the pastor. But can I be honest with you? I don't know how this works. I just know it works. God cares for you and he's praying for you right now. And so you don't even have to write it down. We're just doing this as a little exercise. But I want you to, 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 to see and to, and to verbalize and to write down. What is the one thing that's really on your mind right now? And I want you to write it down. And we'll just wait just a moment. Bruce is going to play a good song that fits this moment. I write my greatest need right here, and you're writing yours. Don't need a paragraph. Don't need a book. Just one word. Write it down. And then this side here, just pass it down, and we're going to collect it on this aisle. I'm I'm going to hold them in my hand in just a few minutes. If you're on this side, I want you guys to start on this end here. And just pass it down. No one's going to look. No one's going to read. There's no one. No names. No phone numbers. No text. Just, just write it down. And pass it down this way. And then we're going to collect it. Okay. So ushers, help me out if you would, please. Thank you. Collect the cards. Bruce, can you play um, "His Eyes on the Sparrow"? I know you can do that one. What a great song. His eye is on the sparrow. What a great song. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So last Sunday I was doing this in Las Tunas they had a 10 o'clock service and, and they had a big band and in the back corner was a middle aged b- bongo player and so I preached and then um, I'm going to try to explain this I, I don't know if I can but I'm going to try God just put a thought, an idea for this man playing the bongos, and he was hidden, and so it was a little awkward at first, but I've got to be obedient, I just said, I said, pastor, I said, I want to pray for the bongo player in the very back, and he was, the drummer was there, and the bass guitar was there, and he was covered, and the thought that I believe came from God was just simply this, sir, and of course, of course, I had an interpreter, Sir, God wants me to tell you that he sees you. That you haven't been forgotten. That you haven't been overlooked. God sees you and he knows what's going on and he's going to intervene in your life. That's all I said. And I, I just took him by the hand and I prayed with him. I got an email this week from the pastor in Las Tunas. It basically said, You're not going to believe this. He says, that man that you prayed for in the back corner, that you said God saw him and knew what was going on and God was going to help him, he said he went to the doctor this past week, and he had a tumor. And he said he went to the doctor, and the doctor told him that the tumor is completely gone. Did was just say a little prayer and pray for the guy and to communicate to him that God sees him. God cares. God listens. God is gonna fight for you. And he's also gonna be praying for you. Now I know I'm supposed to have the answers because I'm a pastor, but I don't know how this works. I'm holding up a couple hundred cards. Some of these things I know are like serious serious how is it possible that God can pray through Jesus for every single one of us I don't know there's 8 billion people in the world that's amazing but I want you to leave here today it's like that little bongo player in the very back of the stage God sees you he knows. He's fighting for you. He's praying for you. And right now, as I'm holding these cards in my hand, we serve a loving Heavenly Father that, through Jesus Christ, He says, "I'm praying for you." And when I got that letter from Pastor Bill Brett in Atlanta, Georgia, the Pastor's a 5,000-member congregation, and he took two minutes out of his day to say, "Scott." God sees you. You got someone fighting for you. You got someone in your corner. You're not alone. Just a way to relief this swept over me because of that wonderful kind note. I hope today that as you leave our time together, that you leave with a, with a burden, a worry, a fear, a concern. With you leave with a little bit of reassurance today that God's got your back. He sees you. You're not forgotten. He knows, and he's praying for you. Now, this is what we're going to do this week. I'm going to take this, and again, there's no names. We don't have anything. I'm going to take this to our staff meeting tomorrow morning, and we're going to pray. And that means a lot. But what really matters is that Jesus, there it is, his name is the God who intercedes. Would you stand up across the auditorium? Let's pray together as we close. his eyes on the sparrow and I know he watches me let's pray together Father thank you so much that that you know every detail of our life people here in Orlando people in Las Tunis Cuba people in Zambia people in Africa, we don't understand it, but we know it's true. You are a God who fights for us, and you have our back. You're interceding for us right now, and you're praying for us. And Lord, I just pray that we would sense your care, your love, your concern. We bring all of these requests before you today, God. It's impossible for man to intervene in in these situations, but you can. I pray each and every one of us today as we leave that we will be comforted in knowing that you see us and you care for us and you love us and you're praying for us. Your word says to cast all of our care on you because you care for us. the so Lord, by writing these prayer requests down, we demonstrate that we commit our worries and our fears to you. Asking that you'll take care of them for us. We trust you that you do it. And we're grateful for it today. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said. Amen. amen. Listen, you're leaving today with one less worry, one less fear, one less concern. Jesus is interceding for you and we love you. God bless you. We'll see you next week here at Al Community Church. God bless you, church.